When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. This podcast was recorded on Friday the 18th of February. Hello everyone. On today's podcast, we are getting ready for the Cheltenham Festival with former champion hurdle winning jockey and BBC racing presenter, pundit, expert, Richard Pittman and Sam Martin, a young writer for Rain It In Racing and a content creator for Careers in Racing. Thank you both for joining me. Pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, on on today's podcast, we're going to uh, give listeners a few horses to follow between the 15th and 18th of March. But let's start with you, Sam. Everyone's talking about Shiskin and Energumin. Who's going to win that race? The Queen Mother Champion Chase. Well, I absolutely love Nuba Negra of Dan Skelton, so I'll be really hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be really hoping he can um, beat the pair of them. Be a little bit, a little bit of a surprise. Um, he was behind in the. T- he didn't run very well in the Tingle Creek. I think the ground's a little bit too soft for him, but he goes really well fresh. Um, he was very good on his first start of the season, so I'm hoping. But obviously, Shishkin and Anergamine, they made the most incredible. Um, the most incredible kind of event, didn't they, when they ran at Ascot? And um, if we can have a rematch of that at Cheltenham, we'll be very lucky. And you've got to throw in quite a lot of other horses into the mix as well, who maybe uh, we haven't, we just haven't seen to take them on yet. Um, Shishkin's obviously, I think we forget that Shishkin's a second season novice. Well, obviously not second season novice, but his second season chasing because he just feels like he's been around forever, doesn't he? It feels like. Um, but he's still relatively unexposed in comparison to a few like Politolog. He's been he has been around forever. Um, I don't know what he, whether he's going to Cheltenham this year, but um, it looks a great race, a really great race. I was going to say, Sam, on that score, I'm just going to concentrate on Energamain and Shiskin, and it may have raised an eyebrow when I put Energamain first in that duel. He was beaten, as you say, asked what a great race it was. But inside of the stable, I'm told that tactics will be changed to run in the champion two-mile chase. And they hope and quite excited that they might beat Chiskin, but very aware that those two at that sort of pace, one bad mistake at offence alters the whole result. But uh, So I'm sticking with the Nergamine to beat Chiskin but I adore Shiskin, and if he wins, I'll raise my hat to him. 
I'm really excited to see Nagamine jump around Cheltenham. I think it's going to be very exciting to see him around there. I think he could be pretty special. Well, he was the donkey last time, wasn't he? There to be, you know, fired at. Like, this time he won't. He'll be firing. There is still chance to vote in the Paddock and the Pavilion's Twitter poll who will win the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Shishkin or Anergamine or something else. Go to at the pad and pav and make your choice. And Sam, is Honeysuckle going to win her 15th race in a row and grab her second champion hurdle? Oh, wouldn't it be a great story if she did? All her forms there, she seems to have already beaten everybody in the division. Um, unless some novice from last year decides to come along and take her on, like appreciate it might be. Um, she's just the uh, superstar, isn't she? Like Richard said earlier, um, occasionally she does make a mistake, uh, but it hasn't ruined the chances yet, has she? She's not lost any races from it. Um, she seems to bounce back after them and keep on galloping. And I suppose that's why we all love her. Well, I think that she's made for Cheltenham, as she's already shown, and it's so important. Um, you need to stay, even the minimum distance of two miles, you need to stay further. And she's shown the way she can tackle that final hill. And I can assure you from going up it a few times, it changes <laughs> results. But she has proven she's got the form in the book. At two to one on or whatever price she is now, I don't know. It's not a betting thing. It's just an exciting thing. You know, we're behind her. And also for Rachel Blackmore. I mean, it's just a story that rolls on. I've watched her just recently in Ireland. And, you know, she, she's still very much in form, as is the trainer. Moving on to the Boodles Gold Cup, Richard, are we going to see a, a dual winner in Manila Indo or even a three-time winner in Albin Photo? I don't think so. I'm an Aplutar horse fan. I think that he was staying on last year. I think they'll be aggressive on him this year. You know, the, the chump form stands up year after year unless a horse has had an injury. And they look back, the trainers, and think, now how, and the jockeys, how could I have improved it? And I think they will be aggressive, even though it's same stable. Uh, Al Plutard will take on Minella Indo earlier, and uh, I think he will win. Album photo, yeah, he's he'll be in the mix. But um, the one I want to see, I hope he runs, is Ahoy Senor. Oh, he'd be so exciting. Uh, and Sam? Yes, I would really like to see a horse in your in the race as well. Um, he's such an exciting horse to watch, I think. Um, he's so unexposed. And I think watching him progress through his races this season has been fascinating just to see how mentally he's kind of worked out what he's supposed to do. Because um, there's been a lot of talk about his, his jumping not quite being good enough. Um and he can be a little bit hesitant a couple of times, but I thought he was much improved around Weatherby. And I think going around that track has really helped him out. Um, Lucinda Russell seemed really pleased about the way he's going. Um, she said about either going to Cheltenham or Aintree instead of one of the novice races on the Gold Cup. So it's a little bit worrying, but I think they should try it in the Gold Cup. Um, I think the race is not straightforward this year. Any of them can win it, really. Um, because especially this season, they've just kind of passed around who's won all the races in the lead up. There's been no kind of definite uh, horse who's put themselves above the rest. Um, 
I think Aplita, like Richard says, he's probably one of the most consistent of the lot of them um, with Haydock. And then his second, he was only beaten a short head when he last ran. Um, so for me, I'm going to go with Protectorat probably because I was at um, entry for the Many Clouds chase and he really impressed me that day. Horses were finishing so tired and um, he just bolted up uh, by 25 lengths. So I think um, a couple of people have said to me, oh, well, do you think he'll stay? But on that basis, I do think he will. And he um, he did actually finish his race off. It was only over two and a half miles, but really, really well on his first start of the season at Cheltenham um, under a massive weight after making a really bad error. So he's got such a good attitude and he did beat quite a decent field of our Gold Cup horses kind of thing um, at Aintree. Had obviously Native River in behind him, but he beat him significantly. And it's not, I don't think Native River's form ever tailed off so much that that form can kind of be discounted. And opening up to both of you, any other horses at the four-day meeting we should be looking out for? Well, I think the local trainers need keeping an eye on because they always pop one up and they're not always obvious. I mean, Kim Bailey does very, very well there. He's got, um, does he know in the Ultima on Tuesday? Well, he hasn't run since November. So he's under the rain radar. You know, we tend to think about horses we've, in our mind. Um, he acts on the track. So I, I like, he, he does he know? Also, his new neighbour, Fergal O'Brien, who has had over 100 winners this season, quite incredible. And they're retaining their form. He's got a horse that I like, Imperial Alcazar. Again, uh, he was terribly impressive on trials day there. Uh, and he's gone up 10 pounds. No, he won by 10 lengths, but he's gone up eight pounds. I think that's a steal. You know, if I was the handicapper, which I could never be, I, I think he deserved to really go up, although I'm glad he's not. So he's in the Paddy Power plate, and that is Imperial Alcazar. And we can't leave John Joe O'Neill out of it, can we? And He's a canny little man, John Joe. Well, he's taken any harm asking, an Irish point-to-point winner, and he's won two races recently that you wouldn't have, unless you watch everything, you wouldn't have noticed, really, because he won at Sedgefield and Catterick. Keeps the handicap mark down, Cheltenham, bingo, in we go. Uh, I think going on the basis of uh, local trainers as well, I think Nigel Twiston-Davies has been having a very good season, a very good time of it at Cheltenham as well. Um, it's good to see things picking up for the team. Um, and I think he should, he'll possibly win the Mare's Chase. I've said this, I said this a while ago, um, but I think he's got Zambella, who's a brilliant little mare, um, no, she, I think she won at Utoxeter on Saturday. Um, I don't know if she's... I haven't checked the entries, actually, if she's in it. So I'm going to look like an idiot if she's not. But I would have thought if Nigel's got one in there. Um, he's had quite a few nice mares chasers this season. So hopefully for that. And um, I think Richard like this, likes this horse as well. But Flooring Porter, I'm a massive Flooring Porter fan. He's very quirky. And the state hurdle does look a competitive race this year. But... Um, I think he could easily back up his win last se- last season in the race. I agree with Sam about Florian Porter. We've had a little chat about him. He stays, he goes on the track. He comes right at this time of year. But um, don't forget Paisley Park, who won at the trials day, loves it. I mean, he whipped round at the start, lost 10 lengths, catches them up, and then off the bridle in the dip, gets a smack round the bottom, flies up the hill. And I have a theory that 
I don't think the trainer has even put up. He loves Cheltenham and drops the bridle, a bit like Daring Rosier's go, but then he faces up the hill. Wow, it's the stables. Let's go. And horses <laughs> do that. They know where the stables are. And who's going to be the top jockey then at the meeting? Well, Danny Mullins is flying, and you can't say he just gets the second picks in Willie Mullins' yard because there are so many runners, 55 maybe he'll have at the meeting, that Paul Townend won't be picking the right one every time. But Danny also rides her outside stables, which Paul, of course, through his commitments, doesn't do a lot of. So Danny Mullins, good each way price. Yeah, I completely agree with Richard. I think Danny's got a great chance this year. And as well, I suppose we can't look past the obvious ones like Rachel Blackmore. Um, It'd be great for racing if she was champion jockey for the meeting. She was obviously the standout last season at the festival. And it's so great for the sport that she's leading the way like that. And hopefully she can have a very successful time of it at Cheltenham. And Sam, when you think it wasn't just a winner or a double, six winners. I know she doesn't want to be a female jockey, but she is a female. And that expression when she got off, you know, after winning the Grand National. I don't know if I'm a girl or if I'm a male or if I'm even human. I thought it was just (laughs) a lovely, that's what it's all about. But six winners for a female jockey. Well, we don't call her female jockey. She's a jockey. Yeah, and it's great that, I think you mentioned it before, like you've got to have the horses these female jockeys have got to be given the horses to have these opportunities because they're plenty talented enough, but you can't win the top races if you don't have the top horses. Um, and obviously she's put in, she gave some incredible rides last season, um, the whole way through it. Uh, and especially this year as well, she's just so consistently brilliant. Um, yeah, there's, we're living in a good age. While we're on the female side, I mean, Bryony Frost who rides incredibly well, And I was talking to John Frankham at supper last week and he was saying how brilliant she is approaching over and away from a fence. You know, she doesn't move, doesn't kick or push. She's right when she gets there. But the difference between her and Rachel is she will not have as many fancied rides as Rachel will because she is second jockey to sort of to Paul Nichols, whereas Rachel is first jockey to Harry de Bromwich. Big difference. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Nichols didn't even send that many. It wouldn't surprise me if he only had a handful of runners over the whole week. I, I get the impression he's saving a lot of horses for entry. Inside information. <laughs> well, thank you very much uh, to the two of you. It's been a, a great pleasure. Actually, I, I, you don't really need me some of the time here. It's uh, the Sam and Richard show. But a great contrast between a 79-year-old former jockey and BBC presenter and um, a 17-year-old rising star. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for, thank you for sharing you. your memories. Certainly you are, certainly are, Sam. And, but Sam, um, this is what happens with age. Look, I know it's an <laughs> ugly baby, but look, this is what happens. And that scar in my cheek is where three teeth were pulled out with tweezers when a horse kicked me smack in the face and the teeth went a long way from there, coming out of there. And I was your age, 17. Wow. <laughs> wow, they're a tough breed, these jockeys, Sam. You, you, hopefully, you you won't bear the scars being uh, doing the job. I hope that you will do. But um, <laughs> um, enjoy the three days. I think you're going to Cheltenham, uh, Richard. Yeah, and um, uh, Sam, make sure you get the school bus at uh, I think four p.m. to get home. And uh, 
make sure that uh, quite a topical, topical thing that you set the recorder for the uh, for the races. So when you get home, you will be able to watch them and not uh, uh, miss out on the, the earlier races. Yes, I'm trying my best. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Stephen. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the Paddock and the Pavilion. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been great to speak to you both. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.